Welcome to a bonus segment where Mark and I discuss whether some of the movies we talked about in our favorites of 2002 would be made in today's film industry. We'll be taking a break from our decade hopping to review Jordan Peele's latest highly anticipated work, Nope, next podcast. Look for it, but not directly in its eye soon. Remember, you can join the Boston Screenwriters Group on meetup.com and RSVP for a Screenwriters Virtual Forum. Peer reviewing scripts, giving feedback on fellow writers' work while networking with them as well. Please check out the links on our anchor.fm profile to follow us online, donate, or leave us a nice message to let us know how we're doing. We hope to see you at one of these virtual forums. Until then, enjoy the podcast. Yeah, you were asking if these, you know, some yeah, of these movies one... would be made right now. That is that is a fascinating question. And um I think, you know, uh something like Minority Report, you know, the backing of Spielberg and Cruz, you know, Cruz can, you know, greenlight anything nowadays. You know, he greenlit a, you know, 20 year in the making sequel, uh, you know, right. a few years ago. And it's now, you know, one of the you know highest grossing movies, you know, of all time. But um uh, yeah, stuff like, you know, the smaller stuff, you know, uh, you know, Antoine Fisher has the backing of Denzel Washington, you know, but, uh, you know, something like, uh, say, what was the other one, you know, well, uh, City of God, which is international, but international, still, yeah. about, about the, the funding on that, or, mm. you know, uh, even if you mentioned like Antoine Fisher being directed by, <clears throat> excuse me, Denzel Washington, it's okay, we'll green light it, but at like one third of the, the right. budget, right? Which limits, of course, it's not in any way, shape or form a, a movie that has a lot of CGI or anything. It's not you know, special effects in it, but still having one you know third the budget affects a lot. It's not just about effects, right? Um, do you have the time to shoot this? Do you have the time you know, to, to go to certain locations, right? Can your crew be of a certain size? Um, do, you, do you have the time to, to edit? Um, do you have time for a rewrite? I mean, all these different things are factored in to, to budgets. And I just wonder if these movies we just talked about would be made with the exception, again, of, of Lord of the Rings and Minority Report, would the rest of the films be made now because they can make them at, you know, one third the budget and have it on somebody's streaming service, not to worry about putting it in a theater or promoting it, you know, as much, um, which, again, it goes back to the nature of, of film these days in the era of streaming. Right. Yeah. You mentioned sort of like encapsulating sort of uh, eras of filmmaking and, you know, the early aughts, you know, and let's say end of 90s, early aughts, you know, where sort of a crossroads uh, for cinema and, you know, um, you know, by and large, you know, the civilization as a whole, I guess, but um, uh, different eras, you know, yeah. Would, you know, a studio uh, give Peter Jackson, you know, basically a blank check to do this sort of Lord of the Rings adaptation, you know, that had been done previously, but in only an animation form of, you know, J.R.R. Tolkien's uh, work. Um, and that's an interesting question that I don't really have a, uh, my guess would be no, uh, that they, you know, uh, a new line, you know, uh, new line cinema was taking a huge, you know, uh, uh, risk at the time, you know, and that was a risk back then, you know, entrust, you know, this, uh, very talented filmmaker, you know, from New Zealand, uh, with this huge, huge friend, you know, uh, basically, if this did fa this fail, this would have, you know, destroyed, you know, many studios, if the Lord of the Rings had not been as successful as it, as it was, you know, a lot of studios would have gone down with it, you know, with the, the amount of money that they entrusted, you know, Peter Jackson and company with, uh, and by a large, you know, studios just don't take those risks anymore because they're just that is the amount of money that they're committing to these projects that they, they, they need the sure thing. They need the, uh, 
the absolute home run, you know, the home run before we know it's a home run sort of uh, film, uh, you know, uh, budgeting. Makes you wonder how many movies we have missed out on over the last oh, countless number yeah. of years that could have and should have been made that because they are uh, relatively original in their concept or have a director who's you know not a big name uh backing it we just never would see these projects and they don't you know well in some cases they they, they end up being um again made for streaming on a lesser scale with lesser budgets with what i mentioned before those shortcomings around having lesser budgets right so they're still not the movie we would have seen at the quality not not, not the uh um way that they were intended by whoever wrote them right so yeah it's just that i just thought that you know it was interesting that the movies that we highlighted you know most of them uh four out of the six uh were, were not uh big you know budget tentpole type movies you know, well, I think the biggest, uh, yeah, the, the biggest sufferer that would be, you know, uh, the Spike, <laughs> definitely Spike Lee's uh, work, especially with 25th Hour. I don't think that any studio would, especially, you know, a few months after 9-11, there's, there's no way they would be touching that. You know, the, the original story, of course, was made before, you know, the events. So it doesn't even mention, you know, uh, you know uh, the, the terror attacks. Uh, so they probably would have said, hey, Spike, could you s just uh, stick to the story instead of adding this? But no, that's, you know, but that's that Spike for you that he'll just he'll put this stuff front and center for you to try to um, to deal with and um, internalize. Uh, so, I, yeah, there's no way, you know, yeah, yeah. If there was a well, if there was something like a 9 11 app, there's no way that it would be completely just not, it would be a, a not, it would, it would just be just not mentioned upon. It would be just a, a total, like, a, you know, a gag order almost. You <laughs> do not talk about this in our, in our movies. Uh, we don't want our audiences to feel bad or we don't want them to, you know, really think about these things uh, in the moment. And, you know, I guess that's understandable, but, you know, uh, movies like 25th Hour would be definitely be the, you know, would definitely suffer, you know, uh, because of that. Which, again, leads me to the question of, you know, is it the point or the purpose of those who back movies to simply create one that is safe, right? Safe for, you know, all audiences, with the exception of the the the, the violence that occurs in movies, but um, safe for all markets. So it's got to be marketable in this country or that country. Oh no, it just runs the risk of ticking off so and so. We're making movies that that are you know neutered in a sense. Uh, because you have to be acceptable for all audiences, or at least uh, a broader uh, range of audiences than in the past, which means that the, the messages have to be tailored to those audiences, and they end up not being all they can be as a result. Right. Well, you know, the old adage is when you make something for everyone, you make something for no one. And, and because, um, yeah, and you, you said it perfectly, uh, you know, specificity, you said something like specificity is universal. Um, you know, it, there's, um, when you were talking about raising Victor Vargas, um, right. yeah, the, the more, you know, it's odd, the more specific you get to someone's experience or probably it, it, it's probably more how honestly you depict something, you know, we, you know, we're, you know, we're, 
we're humans. We understand like, uh, you know, how some people, you know, react and act and, you know, how they behave. You know, we understand sort of, you know, you get to a certain age when you understand sort of uh, behavior on, on some, you know, at least some basic level. And if something is coming off as, you know, false and, you know, manufactured, you know, we can tell that and, you know, you know, but uh, when something is true or at least honest to this particular experience, like we almost intrinsically know uh, that's, you know, something is, you know, something is at least truthful to somebody on screen, you know, maybe not everybody, uh, or maybe it's not totally realistic or, you know, realistic in a, in a uh, quote unquote sense, but um yeah, it, it's it's these it's these movies that definitely you know definitely suffer now uh, because you know uh, and we'll see what happens with sort of the streaming revolution. Uh, but uh, as you mentioned, sort of what happens with when you go to streaming, there's less money devoted to it, and uh, you know we can, oddly enough we're getting a Amazon Prime Lord of the Rings series, so we'll see how <laughs> we'll see how. Um, you know, if Lord of the Rings had started off as, you know, 20, had not happened and, you know, started off now and went to streaming, we'll see how well uh, that translates. But uh, yeah, we'll see how, but, um, but yeah, again, as I keep saying, I think there's room, there's room in the budget for, you know, the Antoine Fishers, the 25th hours, and there's room for the Spider-Man, there's room for minority reports. Like these studios are making money hand over foot and you can divvy them out into these projects, you know, you know, the, the crowd pleasers like the Spider-Man, you know, the more, you know, adult sort of quote unquote dramas like Minority Report and then the really, you know, lower, you know, lower tier budgets, you know, for the like, nice intimate character work uh, dramas that, you know, the Antoine Fishers and your, um, you know, raising Victor Vargas's uh, sort of those smaller on the smaller end. I, there's room in the budget. Like I, you know, they, you know, studios have been doing this, you know, for the last past century. You know, I don't, you know, um, I think they should be able to do that again. Let's hope. <laughs> Let's hope. <laughs> I hope. I hope that people understand the value of, of good storytelling and uh, original work, and hopefully there'll, there'll be some people who end up heading. Some of these production houses, the big name ones, I guess, that will devote uh, an appropriate amount of money to to, to mid level you know, and entry level uh, movies, and give them the budget they need to to uh, put out put out the work that they deserve to make. Feel free to leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts and on the platforms. You can support this podcast in the Screenwriters Group with a monthly donation by clicking on the support button at anchor.fm. You can join Kenyatta and I our virtual screenwriters forums by RSVPing on meetup.com and our Facebook. Subscribe to our channel on YouTube, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Links are in the description. All the best in your writing, watching movie and streaming shows, and taking care of one another.